0: 2024 and uh and as always with every new year is we have to clean up the garbage from the previous year right and that we're still embroiled in, 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 in the scandal of uh, me questioning phil's uh qualifications as uh, chief officer of diversity and inclusion <laughs> at the Alling bus productions uh because you know he misappropriated he could not account for the 420 dollars and 69 cents i gave him to improve uh diversity equity here yeah i was very disappointed in your report phil
1: oh i'm sorry but i i, I gave you i gave you the report i showed you the money ones it was just you know
0: you just well, didn't like what you heard well you're supposed to generate some conclusive research it's how, raci- how to solve racism
1: <laughs> oh how to solve it i thought it was just like <laughs> highlighting racist 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 or racist things that's what i thought it was
0: all right. Well, you know, it was a life changing amount for dollars
1: All right. I mean, yeah.
0: All right. It's, um, and then with the other important thing, you know, it's like, how, how can you be qualified when you haven't watched Blue Beetle? You know, Mexican superhero. Just, you know, I'm sure a bunch of Latino people came out to watch Black Panther, but you couldn't return the favor. <laughs> You know, and
1: and I did return the favor, so like I was able, I was able to watch uh, Blue Beetle, uh, and not like, but not Not, theaters. not if, uh, that would, would really matter. <laughs> I mean, I like the numbers still matter, right? As long because like I don't know, like the numbers still matter, right? That's how it works. Like, uh, what's his name? uh Shiolo, uh, Shiolo, Shiolo is still going to play Blue Beetle. Um, we hope. hope. So that's. <laughs> Huh?
0: I don't know, I mean, who knows I, I will hope he will show up again that,
1: That's my that's my understanding Like, James Gunn confirmed it Like, yo, we're going to keep him I, as Blue I mean, I, you probably,
0: you probably, I mean, you probably won't get on a movie again But, you know, I, I would like to see him again But That is true, I he's not going to get his own the movie The important part The important yeah. part is I did my part To help fight To help decolonize You know, <laughs> uh, superhero representation You didn't do okay. And uh, Other important thing is uh, you call yourself? Yeah, you, you went and earned this certificate, but yes. you haven't you haven't caught you haven't caught Snowfall.
1: You know, yes, I haven't. I have not caught up on Snowball. Like it's, it's, it's. I mean, Snowfall. It's uh, it's still there. Like still, See, along with Wu Tang. See, so you
0: messed mess, mess, So that's the other thing. That's the thing I was going to get to. Is that you still have not bothered? You're not only one season behind. You're two seasons behind Wu Tang, and that is especially egregious considering. That's literally your people, if you're from <laughs> San Island. <laughs> yes, you know. Why don't you want to see? You know the, you know they go on the ferry. It's represented. They they you know they have their beef with Kill it. the beef kill Killah Hill Stapleton. You know.
1: You know, why, like why, I, why, it's why, it's one thing to like you know sit there and watch it and watch it uh, uh, dramatize, and it's another thing to live it. I lived it. Okay.
0: I lived I, mean, it. I know I know I know there's this complexity fill that you got out you got out of the hood and as you put it. And therefore as many as I understand it from uh many many uh people on Twitter uh, who who claim to speak for all black people. That once you get out of the hood, you know, it's their fault. It's their fault they, they they're still everyone else is still in it, you know. So but just cause you got out, right. Don't you, mm-hmm. don't you feel like you owe a debt to the RZA and and everyone else who have moved to New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> that's that's funny you say that. I feel like I do not owe a debt to these people who moved out to New Jersey, uh, which I always think is hilarious because like Jersey is like where you go like when you make it out, but then it's like you still want to come back and show love to the, show love quote unquote to the hood. So it's like, yo, I'm from Harlem. It's, like where well, you live right now, man? I live over in um, you know orange Jer- New Jersey and it like it was like what like yo leave go home you have a family get out of here why are you on the street? what are you doing stupid you know so it's like stuff
0: like that I mean you know more importantly this is I would argue is an act, uh what I can tell from my extensive knowledge of live of New York 90s life mm-hmm. this is. This someone who grew up on the West Coast. Not, <laughs> grew up and lived on the West Coast his entire life. This is an uh, accurate representation of what it's like to grow up black in '90s New York. Oh, okay. You won't, you won't, you won't support it because you won't watch. You still won't make time to watch TZ's of Wu Tang, right? Instead, what are you, what are you watching instead? Nothing. You're watching Ninety Day Fiance.
1: Uh, no, I haven't watched that show in like years. I feel like at this point. Um, but like, no, you know what it is? Like as someone who's, uh, East coast, born and born and raised, right? Like, you know, proud, proud to be a coastal elite as the middle of the country likes to call us. Right. I know nothing of the West coast other than what I've seen in TVs and movies and maybe like a three day trip, um, to, LA and Anaheim so I know all there is to LA and in order to help with that fact I had to study uh, a lot of John Singleton films. So from my understanding LA is still the same way Boys in the Hood is um, 30 years later.
0: Uh, pretty much it's just move it's just move it's not really content because I think content's gotten kind, kind of gentrified. Oh <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. <laughs> It's just moved to different parts of L.A. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are parts of content that are kind of like that, but it's, it's got more gentrified in general. Mm. Um, you know, I'm just, once again, I just want to point you, I'm very disappointed in your lack of interest in in showcasing the 90s standout and Black experience uh, and, and not watching Wu-Tang, and I think... Yeah. But I am, but I am yes, the
1: '90s yes. black
0: experience. Um, you know, but but are you, you going to tell me? You're going to tell me then? Is it accurate that yeah, they would take the on ferry ride from uh, Manhattan's Staten Island will take twenty something minutes? Yes, twenty twenty five, twenty seven. Huh? Yeah. All right. What about you know the way he orders the sandwich from the stand, and you got like hey, a picture. You can't tell me that's accurate
1: because you haven't watched it. Yeah, God, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I would assume, I assume you'd be like, depending on who's behind the counter, it'd be like, Ayo, Poppy, right? If he's Spanish. Ayo, Ak, you know, if he's uh, some sort of Yemen, if he's from (laughs) Yemen, right? And be like, yo, let (laughs) me get a bacon, egg, and cheese, salt, pepper, no ketchup, or salt pepper with the ketchup and throw a little mayo on that, you feel me?
0: Like something like that. I would, I would argue I got a better feel for that experience because I had a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich this morning on an everything bagel. <sighs> uh, it was delicious. That sounds terrible. Best seven dollars I've ever spent. Jesus, uh, it was it was very very good. You know, we're just trying to. You know, it's it's just. I'm very disappointed in your in your failure to make sure the, the 90s. Back experience is being... I'm, I'm very, I'm very disappointed
1: in your sandwich choices, because, like, an everything bagel? Like, really?
0: Like you couldn't get that on a hero? There was, that was not one of the options. It was plain, which I'm not going to do. Wheat, which is a little boring, uh-huh. and everything. Uh, there might have... Jalapeno, which I don't really enjoy in my bagels. Uh, you know, anyways, I just... Wow. Just, you know, I want to point out that Phil has learned nothing from the lessons of the 90s, right? Where they taught us, we, we learned things like, you got to say African-American, not Black. Now we're back to saying Black. Now we're back to saying Black. <laughs> uh, other, other important things about the 90s, we learned, uh, you know, manatees, right? You got to, the manatees get hit by the votes. Uh, the votes, the votes right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the also layer. Right, what if we, we gotta save, save the ozone, you know it's getting killed by all the uh, spray bottles we use. I say, yeah, right? those damn, those damn aerosols. And you, we could have all learned this. You could have brought this, this perspective if you had borrowed the fish watching Wu Tang, but you didn't. Mm. So everyone Excellent. knows that Phil is uh, prejudiced and racist, oh, and that's not. And he doesn't even have to be the belonging in his DEI certificate because apparently <laughs> that's that's what it is now.
1: Yes it is. So like it's like whatever I say is moot.
0: And 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 listeners, if you're wondering why my why my parade de- beating this dead horse to death, uh even more to death, it's because if you want to know about the nineties, you're gonna love what we talk about today.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Or maybe not, actually. Yeah.
1: You know, it's cool. funny. Like the the two stories that that we had to read for you, that we read for you all this week. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I enjoyed one of them. The other one that <laughs> I that could have been left in a dump garbage fire, to be honest. I was I was disappointed that that was the uh, the story that I had to read.
0: So we thought to kick things off for a new year, we thought we would go back to our roots. Right, me and Phil we go with um, literally the, ver- the very first comic that we we both read being children in the 90s yeah. and seeing wow what terrible tastes that <laughs> <did> we have <laughs> but coming back as you know older adults with, with experience and knowledge under a belt kind of reevaluating uh, the, our introduction of the comics, which I'm not I don't know about Phil but for me, this comic turned me off the comic i read turned me off the of comics until i was 14. <laughs> Damn, i was well, like that's... i was like this is stupid i'm never gonna i'm never gonna do read comics ever again until i read good comics uh in, my, in, in the mid-2000s
1: that's funny uh well for me when i i read the comics it was like man this is cool i want more of this and it wasn't until uh i went to my public library When I started going to my public library frequently and went to their uh, comic section, that's where it all essentially began, and that's where uh, I developed a love for comics. As many as I could get. It wasn't until college, college, yeah, I wouldn't say it it wasn't until college that I was able to like really um, experience comics full uh, wholeheartedly,
0: and if you're under you're a confused reader, well, why we had such p- different reactions, you might understand better once we tell all, all about the particular comics that we were introduced to. <laughs> so we're talking to two, two, nine, well, one's a classic, one's not the classic Superman story, The Death of Superman. Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Dan Jergens, Jer- Jerry Orway, Roger Stern. You know, Simonsons, a lot of great names who worked on it. And the best I wouldn't even call it a the the gem. The the gem of Spider-Man that is called Venom on Trial by mm. Larry Thomas and art by Joshua Hood, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So Death of Superman, that was Phil's Introduction to Comics and <laughs> Venom on Trial was mine. Which one do you want to start with first?
1: Uh let's start with uh Larry Hama's uh <laughs> Venom on Trial cuz it's a much shorter a much shorter work.
0: Uh it's only three issues and it was three issues too long.
1: Oh, oh my god, you are you're preaching to the choir. Okay. Um, but I feel so like we should, me... we should I feel like we should press preface this with who Larry Hama is. Uh Eric, are you familiar with Larry Hama?
0: I just know him as he Worked on uh, the G.I. Joe comics. Yes. And he'd said a bunch of other, like, big-name stuff um, in the 90s. Oh, he was also an actor in uh, M.A.S.H. and Saturday Night Live. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yes. I think also, even uh, prior to that, I think he fought in Vietnam. Okay. I think. I think, yeah, I think he fought, yeah, he fought in Vietnam as well, and I think because of that experience of, like, you know, fighting in the war, uh, helped him as a, uh, writer for G.I. Joe back when Marvel, uh, used to hold the rights to
0: them. Okay, that makes more sense that he understands, like, you know, military war theme comics. But, yeah. uh, let's get started with my origin story. <laughs> So this is flashback to I forget I don't know what year it was but it's like seven or eight year old Eric Wong, I I met with my family. I'm not sure why, but it's like um, I see this comic book store on the corner of Senorville Boulevard and I forget the cross street, but it, it was on the corner right right next to what would later be the high school I would go to, mm-hmm. uh, High School. And the comic store went out of business long. Years later, I think it's a, as far as I know. I think there's like a pop shop there now. No, but I walk in definitely. there. I walk in there, and you know, I'm like a kid. I've watched the Spider-Man animated series. I'm a huge fan of Spider-Man and superheroes from all these cartoons I've watched. And it's like, oh man, I can finally get to read the actual book. This is from and being, you know, I love the Spider-Man cartoons. Like, look, it's Spider-Man Venom on the cover. Can I get this? And I get uh issue two of Venom on trial <laughs> <laughs> uh, the three-part story where it's uh the premise the basic premise is Venom gets put on trial uh for murder I think <laughs> it's a little iffy with the actual criminal charges Daredevil is assigned to be his public defender yeah and uh the witness is for the witness for the prosecution is carnage witness for defense is spider-man <laughs> Oh my gosh. And number two is that like great is that image, that yellow image of like Venom is like the justice lady and she's got the the scales with Spider Man in one and Devro in the other. Mm. And I was so excited as a as a seventy eight year old kid to read this. It's like, yeah, this is cool, it's gonna be awesome. After it, it's like I don't wanna read a comic ever again. And I did it <laughs> until I was like in my teens and I read like trades of uh Bennett's Daredevil and like tim tim sale jeff old batman mm-hmm. so let's uh let's tackle this this three issue classic oh uh God. which i would assume only the most hardcore venom fans and carnage fans will even know what this is yeah so probably so it's, it's kind of a trip for me because i only read that second issue <laughs> you know as a kid i never I didn't even know there was an issue one, <laughs> and I and I had never fallen the track down issue three. It oh. was uh it's about it was about as good as I remember it being. So um, so we gave you the premise. There's not really much to sort out in terms of the story. It's uh, I don't know, like like I guess a great di- sorry. Di- I, I I came away after reading this. It's like I made this joke last time. But I think it's actually all true. It feels like the episode of The Simpsons where the stall for time while Bart gets something. Troy McClure just calls surprise witness after surprise witness after surprise witness. Yes, this feels like this pretty much feels that. Like this is this is the people involved in this have no idea how 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 trials work or how law works. It's just like, hey, here's an idea. Let's just put Venom on trial and they have a big superhero fight. That's it.
1: Yeah, because like they didn't even get through to like the fence uh, poking hole. I mean, well they did, but like it was it was just a lot. And as someone who who enjoyed the lawyer scenes in Law and Order, I was very disappointed. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, it's basically like the worst parts of Law and Order. And the worst parts of what <laughs> Spider-Man Put together.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, yeah. So. All right, so yes, because I mean, like we first uh, open off with this book, right, with Venom going back to his uh, lair, right, in the sewers. Um, so clearly, <laughs> we're we're starting off media res. All right, um, no idea why. Like the way he's talking about going back to the sewers, sounds like he's been um, he's been away from it for for a while, and he wanted to go back uh, to make sure everything was like you know copacetic. Because this feels like. Uh, during that lethal protector era of Venom, yeah, this, where like you just definitely
0: said it- peak peak nineties. Uh not, yeah. a good way. not a good way. Yeah.
1: Uh, so <laughs> then just, after, and, that-
0: we, and what is it? He opens up. his getting blasted with sound. Mm. Like like he goes to his room. I guess it's his room, and there's a bunch of like speakers and, and and lights that weren't there, and they're just playing like loud rock or loud metal. Um. I will say the music design is kind of cool. You know, it's a little change where these concentric circles and using notes. That's yeah. pretty much all I have to say that's positive about this sequence. <laughs> it's just like reading this, it's just such a mess. Like looking at the art, not only the art, super 90s, just highly stylized, everyone's got mullets, everyone, it's all big and buff. But also like just reading it, it's confusing to follow. It's extremely, the page design and the composition is extremely confusing. Uh, so, Eric, do do you have beef with uh, mullets? Like, I mean, I do, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to show you a page, right? So, first of all, this page too. This is kind of a ridiculous pose, right? Of Venom ripping the speaker apart. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's like a. Uh, it's from the yeah. back. You see. That money it's shot. A stupid, it's a stupid sexy sander. Stupid sexy sander <laughs> pose. <laughs> uh, it doesn't make any sense
1: you know uh, and then it's meant for the girls who read comics too
0: yeah i'm sure there were a ton of them reading venom on trial in the 90s and then this page just made no sense just following it you, yeah it, am i it, wrong it, in saying the competition doesn't make sense
1: yeah no like when i because when i read it the first time too i was like this this doesn't make any sense it read as if it was um What's it called? Like the guys, they were like just falling out of the door, almost as if like whatever room they're behind was overstuffed. That's why the door and that one guy
0: like is falling over. So this scene is like the SWAT guys are pouring into the room to go after him. But yeah, instead of like the perspective is really weird. It's like kind of top down, but it's not. So yeah, it looks like they're falling down as opposed to like busting in through the door. And there's just a lot of really wonky perspective in general. Um... It's, it's, uh, there's another, there's another similar shot of, yeah, here, here. So when they're catching Venom, right? Yeah. And they're in the sewers, but it's, like, a weird, like, like here, it would make sense, except this one figure who's talking, he's, like, standing.
1: Yeah, he's, he's standing on the, um, on, like, the, the dry part of the sewer, because, like, they're all standing in water, and it's just, like, you know, because, again, they were able to get him, drown him out. Uh, but yeah, that, that one figure throws off everything.
0: Yeah. And then you got these feet, this like propeller, this guy, you know, propelling down. Right. But it's just an awkward placement. The water's pink for some reason. Mm. I don't, I don't, which is a very Uh, strange choice.
1: Don't you know that, uh, sewer water in New York is pink. Uh, it just recently turned green, uh, due to like dirt, but like in order to like not scare away the tourists, it used to be pink back in the day.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I know. In the '90s, she must have gone playing in the sewers all the time.
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's, yeah. You know that's how we were able to meet the turtles and the the street sharks, and <laughs> um, you know, like just a whole bunch of and the battle toads. Can't forget about the battle toads.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. This so issue one is basically Venom getting captured and arrested, thrown to jail. And then we have some uh, 90s X-Men character I had to look up.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was the most confusing thing in the world because, like, Bastion shows up. I'm like, why is Bastion showing up in a Spider-Man, well, in a Venom comic? Um, I don't even know who Bastion is.
0: I'd like to explain our listeners who Bastion is.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so Bastion is, like, the... Okay, so you you remember what the Sentinels are in, in the X-Men?
0: Yes, giant okay. robots. Have, have, Giant robots
1: meant to hunt mutants, right? So, uh, as like Sentinels become like started to grow and evolve in terms of like the design, where right, it there was like a split off between two. So you have the Nimrod, the Nimrod, um, which you've probably seen before, and then. <laughs> Yeah, and then Bastion is supposed to be like the high-level intelligent robot. He created a uh, company with uh, John Sublime, who's also another X-Men villain. Um, but yeah, he's essentially he's essentially um, a Sentinel designed to destroy mutants.
0: And he looks human. That's the difference. And he looks human. Yes. Not the giant purple robots we used to.
1: Yeah, right. Because I think he's almost akin to like an Omega Sentinel. All
0: right. That was. A lot of useless knowledge on there never are going to use. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, there's just there's just more of, like, caging venom here. I did, like, just a brief discussion about, like, blasting with sound as cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> Which I think is probably the smartest thing in this whole comic. Mm. It's just, like, yeah, is that really technically cruel and unusual punishment, right? It's a, a violation of its constitutional rights. Um, I don't know. Do you feel, do you feel that's true, Phil? You know? yeah. I mean, if, if you had a prisoner but he had an alien symbiote and you needed to blast sound to keep him subdued, is that cruel and unusual? Uh I that's, say basically so what they did. that's what if he can they eat my brain. What, I mean, that's what they did at Guantanamo, essentially, to torturing these these members of Al Qaeda or whoever with loud oh, music. They, they just blasted music? Up. Yeah, to keep the sleep deprived And that's that is genuinely inhumane treatment, but you know, it's okay because at Guantanamo they have no rights. So, mm. are you saying it's okay, it's not okay to use it on, on the members of the Taliban, but it's okay to use it on on Eddie Brock? Uh,
1: you know they, I'm just built different because I would have slept through it anyways. Like it ain't matter to me. All
0: right, so first issue, what well, adds, adds a twist that uh, Daredevil gets a call and becomes Venom's lawyer, and. The thing about this, when I first read this comic as a 78-year-old, I had no idea who Daredevil was. Um, Daredevil now is one of my favorite characters. Uh, By the okay. time, I was like, who's this, who's this red guy? I thought I wanted to read Spider-Man. Yeah, but Daredevil um, shows
1: up in the Spider-Man cartoon.
0: At that at that point, I he had yeah, not yet. Yeah, not Probably yet. Oh. I yeah. And even then, I didn't know who he really was. Yeah. Um, so issue two is, I guess, the plot thickens. The, the yeah. pretty much well, let's talk it's, about let's talk about the art for a second how do you think about this very 90s style art and the way the figures are drawn
1: i think the way they drew uh matt murdoch like it was very funny it kind of reminded me of like dilbert <laughs> as like you know <laughs> like that was, like yeah. especially this panel here of like the upshot of like looking under his chin just felt very dilbert to me um yeah. the only thing missing was like the the circle glasses instead of like the square glasses
0: it's just the people in general are are drawn in a very strange way by the way he draws daredevil with the giant you know tree trunk neck and and the lantern jaw but it's a very strange shape um yeah even even here this figure right like daredevil's head is just really, really shaped really weird
1: yeah this is um, very odd. And then, like the the woman, like uh, in her skirt, she got she got a little fupa going
0: on. It looks like <laughs> the painted like the painted on pantsuit. Yeah. Like nice. And then uh, here we go. This is my introduction to Daredevil. <laughs> it's just like him in costume. <laughs> and uh, I remember as an eight year old kid, is that like he's a lawyer and he's blind, but he's also a superhero. And here, here's this is a very awkward sequence for. So what is he? What's what's the great? Yes, subpoena Spider Man, right? So what does he do? He he walks in the traffic as Matt Murdock as Spider Man saves him. It's like ah, g- gotcha! You got served. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, not gonna lie, like
1: this this sequence made me laugh a little bit. Like it's just like the ridiculousness in order to like you know give Spider Man a subpoena.
0: It's very pineapple express. <laughs> yeah. Like, Thirty years more, Pineapple Express, um, and then we go through this. They you know to go to trial in the courthouse, and then, and who who is who's is also the thing? It's like the prosecution, who do they choose as their reliable their their reliable witness? Is Carnage
1: of all people? Right, like of all people, like yes, we're gonna listen to the the word of a you know clearly convicted serial
0: killer, who's who's not only psychotic but he's also under <laughs> the influence of an alien symbiote. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and, you know, he was never a very interesting or deep character. And nothing's really changed in this one. Um, I don't know. The people are also drawn really weird. <laughs> like, there's, there's Eddie Brock <laughs> with his long hair, and the, the judge. Who, I don't know. You want to say, you have anything about this judge? <laughs> uh, this, judge is, is this is Amanda Waller's uh, sister. Um, I was say, no, it's Martian Manhunter disguised as Amanda Waller, because. He's being a shapeshifter who kind of ooze can be like kind of ooze is the only way to describe how this figure works. Because <laughs> yeah, she has it looks, like, yeah, because she has no neck. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Um,
1: Can't see dan- danger behind her.
0: Yep, yeah. and then there's Carnage talking, and he's got these heavy shadow eyes. But I would argue the shadowing is too strong because it looks like he has a mask. A domino mask.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, but also at the same time, like, because it's carnage, it works because it, like, shows, like, the true madness that is, you know, Cletus.
0: Mm, sure. Sure, I guess. I think you're giving a little too much credit. But, uh... Yeah. And then, you know, there's Spider-Man coming in, and there's a twist. It's like, oh, there's some scientist, the doctor, who's behind, I guess, incapacitating the, the symbiote. It's oh, wait... If they get too excited, the dopamine blogger doesn't work, so they can access their symbiotes, which I just like of all the things, you know, there's I don't want to poke too hard at the writing, but that's uh, not the most, you know, it's definitely kind of phoning in an excuse to, yeah. to have to have like the symbiotes come out and make an action scene. So what's going to happen? Unsurprisingly, Carnage shows up in this double page spread our single page spread
1: single yeah it's just flash page broken into three
0: into yeah thurs. i remember i remember this page as a kid i thought it was so cool look it's carnage i have the trading card of him <laughs> yeah, he's messing these dudes up um yeah i don't know it's uh and then, and then and there's more of the oh yeah this, i forgot the let's talk about the dialogue it great uh spider-man so he slams carnage's head into the wall and he goes You should cut out the gross slobbering chum, (laughs) which is like, first of all, he says chum, (laughs) like he's like this is Adam West Batman, yeah. And he's like, you'll make a bad impression in the wall. That's actually pretty funny, but um, this line is really dumb. I remember, I still remember this line. This this line stuck with me from my entire life because it's so bad. It's like looks like I get a Spider Man appetizer before I chow down the venifane course. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know, I like reading that, I was like, there's there's a lot of uh homoerotic tension going on there Mm -hmm. between Spider Man, Carnage and Venom. Like that's that's what that I read that as.
0: Yeah. So uh this is uh and this is where I remember this this eight year old brain is like reading this issue, right? Oh look, they're all coming out, I'll get Spider Man and I was like It's it looks cool, but I don't really understand the story. (laughs) I don't know who these characters are. I don't understand why this is happening. Uh, and then we go on to Issue 3, the finale of, of Venom on Trial, which came out published in 1997. Um, so, also the other thing is that Spider-Man has just had these ridiculous, the, the big eye things. Are I know it's like kind of an artistic license, and it's kind of called cool the make his eye, but it's really expressive because he has a full mask. Right. Kind of, this is like a little absurd on the cover of, of Venom on Trial. I mean, but what's
1: it called? Wasn't it, isn't, like, the eyes, like, being that big, like, because of um, Todd McFarlane? Because wasn't he the one who made, like, su- Spider-Man's eyes, like, super big?
0: Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing. Like, everyone just followed Trent. I think he designed Venom as well. Yes, he did. Um, right? Yeah. yeah. And all these characters are kind of... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... This, This I thought, was a ridiculous figure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> why is his hand doing his arm his hand
0: you want you want to describe to our listeners what's going on in this page
1: okay uh so venom is like clearly doing a bodybuilder pose that's that's what this this is the best way to describe it his uh torso is turned so his chest is facing us while his uh pelvis Leg area is facing uh, three fourths. His arm is going back into space, as if his hand is on an invisible wall, but technically it's just on this Venom logo that is all throughout the page. While his fist is coming at us with his massive uh, forearm and upper arm, uh, just just really big and, and bubbly, like you just poke a stick in and he explodes. Like a balloon.
0: It was, uh, it's, it's just such a, again, this is like the, it doesn't make any sense. And Venom is one of the few characters you get away with. Cause like you can draw him extra muscly. Cause he's got all the venom mask. but like this pose this is so weird. Yeah. yeah. And also, maybe this is kind of cool. It doesn't make sense. It's kind of cool. I guess the background is the venom insignia in the back. But it's, like, it's, it's very awkward.
1: You know what it is? Like, I think a lot of times we tend to sit there and blame, like, how could the artists, like, draw this and blah, blah, blah. But, like, we need to start pointing fingers at artists. We need to start pointing fingers at the editors and be like, yo. Well, these are,
0: this? these are the editors, Tom Brevort and editor-in-chief Bob Harris. Oh,
1: so. uh, yeah. So you got to point fingers at uh, Tom Bruhart, who's been at Marvel since, like, Stan Lee uh was running timely apparently. Uh mm-hmm.
0: so yeah, we gotta we gotta we gotta blame him. All right. And then some of the dialogue, great dialogue is um, you know, Spider Man is known for being mm-hmm. very witty in a lot of clips. What does it say to Carnage? Eat wall Carnage <laughs> Which Phil, I would like to ask you growing up in you know, nineties, which you know, on the streets of St Island mm-hmm. Obviously that's how everyone talk on the streets, right? When oh, you're yeah. getting getting into fights.
1: Getting in a fight too, like yo, you're about to eat, you're about to eat the floor, man. It's like no, dude, you're about to eat this wall. Like that's that's yeah, exactly how we talked. Yeah. yeah, like yo, you're about to eat this shoe on my foot. And it's like no, you're gonna eat this dog doo doo. And it's like what? And everyone looks at each other very strangely. Like why would you say something like that in the middle of a fight? And then the person would apologize. They were like yo, my bad, man. I I took it a little too far.
0: Yeah, and here's uh, Matt Murdock and the prosecutor yelling at each other. It's like, Murdock, you allowed your client to run a buck. Like hey, hey, Garcia, you were the DA that brought Carnage to testify. <laughs> and uh, all these figures just look so weird. Uh, just like this, the reporter lady has this giant forehead. Oh, yeah. But she also looks like this uh, the, SWAT this lady.
1: cop. Yeah.
0: yeah, it looks almost ex- it's almost the same character, except it just has different haircut. Yeah. And like Daredevil's head and like the DA's head and the ear and it's just this other guy in the middle who's got to look weird. It's, it reminds me a little bit of what's that? What's that artist you really like that I, when I don't? Jim Chung? It, this is nothing like
1: Jim Chung. But yes, I, I do enjoy Jim Chung. Well, and you don't so, like Jim Chung.
0: It's because my issue is the way he draws all everyone's heads. They all look like Triscuits, and <laughs> yeah, they all—all all the heads look the same. That's the other thing. That's my issue, which I know. See, but it like
1: here, like there's variety in these heads because, like Matt Murdoch. Yeah, but not, but not good,
0: head. but not good. Variety. <laughs> it's like why, like when you make cookies and they're all misshapen.
1: Uh, those tend to be the best ones.
0: Yep. All right, so they're all shooting venom and and they're having a big fight. This is. Oh, no. This is, you can feel like this is this is not much light story here. There's also a very strange panel arrangement. Do you want to discuss to our listeners what's happening yeah, so,
1: so we have a three-tier uh comic panel going on here that's coming in at a diagonal. Uh top panel we have uh <clears throat> Venom smashing carnage to the floor. Uh, which is shattering the floor which internally is also shattering the panel border which I, I thought was kind of kind of cool um and then from there we have this uh I wish like 3D was a thing of like venom with his tongue coming out at us breaking the panel borders to really show like that three-dimensionality in there and then um a uh bird's eye view of Venom over Carnage with Spider-Man looking ready to jump in to stomp out Carnage. With the one black cop in the background going like, yo, I don't get paid enough for this. Like, I assume the dialogue going on is, is in his head is uh, Don, Danny Glover's dialogue in uh, Lethal Weapon
0: 4. Okay, 2-0 for the shit. Exactly. Well, he said that through all, f- all, of all them, four right? of them. Yeah. Yeah, all four, yeah. But then the thing is that it's Mel Gibson finally saying it in number four. Ah... Uh. Yeah, it's a very strange composition. It, it's trying to be more style over function, but it's it, at the cost of clarity. It's, the uh, more I look
1: at Spider-Man, the more it looks like he's just like painted into the wall.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very—it's so bizarre. Uh, this is another figure. So this this is a very strange figure up there, double the action. But what is he? Was he? Was he, he? Is he? What is he holding on to? Is that a Shadow. Or is like uh, I think yeah.
1: That's, so ha, I'm glad you point that out. So this is a tangent that's happening here. Uh, so here we have uh, Daredevil leaping into action with his arm stretched out back,
0: and, and then and of the, course, and the, and the scene is he's leaping over a crowd of people inside the courthouse.
1: Right, and his shadow's up against the wall um, behind him, but because of where his hand. The hand of his shadow and his actual hand meets it's a bit awkward because the shadow of his hand is much wider rather than giving like a gradiated field so it feels a bit awkward um so it looks like he has his hand on top of some sort of column or on top or like giving himself a high five through with his shadow it's very very weird
0: yeah it's uh i don't know that's a bash with josh Showhead too much but i don't know if this is just he was learning. He was still new when he was drawing in the '90s, or he was on deadline, or you know, it's just it's just like yeah, this is pretty basic stuff. <laughs> you like very basic like issues. Um, this is what I thought was ridiculous, right? We're gonna get everyone in, right? They're fighting the Spider-Man carnage and Venom, and you think was gonna he's, not, he's gonna come in and fight too? No, he just sternly lectures Venom. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yes you know this is like Before being a boxer Before being a crime fighter He is a lawyer first That's, that's how these work
0: Yep um, And yeah there's just More fighting into You know it's kind of kind of, kind of kind of whatever at this point Reading rereading this house tuning out like yeah. Offer figures Solution is let's just jam this needle Into Carnage to turn a symbiote off you know it's just like that's the oh and this is what i thought how, how does how do they solve this whole trial right is it like because it's like a fairly interesting question right can venom really be tra- can eddie brock be held guilty for what is essentially the crimes of the symbiote right mm. but at the same time it's like they're two entities but at the same time it's like they're melded into one we right so it's like who who is he really culpable this could have been like uh, this is a law and order thing like to raise the issue right uh and you had the defense, the prosecutor go back and forth, the ethics of it. And how does this trial end? Oh, this guy named Smith is like, okay, US government is taking over. We're taking off <laughs> into our custody, uh, all charges suspended on hold forever.
1: Right. And so like, like, he was essentially granted amnesty.
0: Basically. And he's recruited into working for a government into what will later be Agent Venom, but twenty years down the line. <laughs> There you And that's uh you know, it's just basically one giant what it's like this this three issues of story for what is really one issue worth the story. Yeah, <laughs> this could have been is, this really could have yeah. been one issue. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, Bill, you know, how did you how'd you feel reading this this <laughs> this this nice forgotten gem of uh the nineties? Airplane. I was like, man, they they just Airplane. they just
1: printed anything back then. That's what it felt like.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, can you are you surprised to hear that I stopped reading comics for like seven years after you know, that? like
1: after looking at that? I I can honestly believe it. Like that that was very boring as a. My eight-year-old, if I would have read this as an if I would have read that as an eight-year-old, I would have been like, Yeah, this this is dumb. This doesn't make any sense. But also at the same time, I would also have an understanding, like, maybe this is a one-off, maybe there's some good comics out there and try to find those as well. So
0: Yeah. And I think I now that the memory's starting to lift. I did try to be read I did try to like read some other like floppies, but they were always in the middle of the story arc. Like one was uh ben riley uh, ben riley spider-man he's been hunted down by
1: sentinel
0: yeah again it's like another one it's like spider-man and man thing teaming up <laughs> and i didn't understand who man Thing. <laughs> like who is this swamp thing <laughs> i just got it it was like at the supermarket at the mons which is mm. now Safeway. i forget what i think it's now called Safeway oh. uh, but it's like uh it's like the cover it's like oh here's man thing holding spider-man and then there was also, I don't know if it was in that issue or another issue. And I was way too young to understand this, but it's like, oh, it's like Mary Jane and Peter Parker are about to get intimate. And then Aunt May walks in. And you see, it's like, oh, it's very awkward to see Mary Jane with no pants. And I was like, as a kid, I was like, it's like, <laughs> it was like, it was like hmm, I guess, I was like, I don't know, even as a kid, it's like, are comics really? Are these really meant for kids? <laughs> <laughs> You know that's how I
1: felt. I think when What's I was it? reading the um, Amal- amalgam, amalgam universe, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this one story of like a sat- called assassins, where it was like a combination of Catwoman and Electra and then like another one was like Deathstroke and somebody else, and someone. I need to find that. Let me see if I can find that real quick um and then it was like yo every every scene was like you could see like their nipples poking out of their shirts i was like yo what is happening
0: yeah yeah 90s if you got in the comics in the 90s from superhero comics that's uh that's something but yeah and so my final verdict right as Mm -hmm. adult eric rereading (laughs) venom on trial revisiting the comic of my youth not good good i don't Mm -hmm. recommend this i really don't recommend this um rightfully belongs in a box in someone's basement somewhere not one Mm -hmm. of the classes Mm -hmm. so that was that was on trial that was spider-man hello phil would you like to tell us the story of how you got death of superman yes no problem so uh back back
1: in back in the day at this mall, there used to be the Warner Brothers store. Um, and I remember there was like a big, huge thing, um, a big, huge event for like the death of Superman when uh, when it was coming out. And um, it was for the trade paperback. And my sister, she was able to go and get the book and it came in this um, blue mylar like sealed bag um with the with the s shield on the on the on the front of it and there was like nothing to pull up to take it out so it was supposed to be like a collector's item and she had it for so long and i mean i never gave it any thought about it until i got like eight nine around that age when I really started getting into comics. And I was going through the bookshelf and I found this thing and I'm like, man, this is a Superman comic in this. I love Superman, you know, as someone who would watch the adventures of Superman um, after school, I'm like, man, I really want to read this book, but I don't want to open the book. I don't want to open the bag. So I leave it alone. And then an hour later I would come back and tear the book out of the bag, ruining whatever value this comic had in order to read this book that was inside. So, yeah, that was that was the origin of me reading The Death of Superman.
0: All right. So for listeners who don't know, this kind of depending on who you talk to, uh, famous or infamous piece of Superman history, it's the big 90s event comics where Superman was killed off by uh, fighting a giant alien named Doomsday. Um, That's all there was to it. Uh, he has no personality no motivation he's just a big no big, just big <laughs> guy yeah. yeah they punch each other to death and uh, and that's all there is to the story is a big giant superhero fight and it has huge ramifications for the character and the industry in general um, for those who don't know funny enough do you know how you know the what was the impetus for the story? You know why how they came out with that? I've no idea. So at the time at this, at this time, uh, the show Lois and Clark was going on, right? And it was like the general public was being interested in Superman because they're watching this terrible show. Sorry, no, sorry, Dean Cain, uh, <laughs> Terry Hatcher, um, and the thing about it is that uh, the comics they were like, because you know, obviously they were, they had no connection between each other. The Lois and Clark people don't care about what the DC Comics people are doing, right? And they were like. They needed to drive up sales. They were going to finally marry Clark and Lois off. But Lois and Clark beat them to it. And, like, I think some editor or someone, they're like, all right, well, what can we do next? We need to boost sales. But they scooped us. And someone someone joked, like, hey, why don't we kill Superman off instead? That'd be great. And then people took that suggestion seriously. It's <laughs> like, let's kill them off. Oh, gosh. So you can, wow. you can blame everyone clark for for that superman so what was young Phillips' re- first reaction to Death of superman what was your initial reaction how did you feel rereading that superman now uh
1: so i mean my initial reaction was blah because it was like <laughs> oh snap superman died but then also at the same time like there's like a billion other superman because co- like i had no idea of like the <laughs> lane of superman stuff So like i was familiar with superboy i was familiar with steel eradicator i never heard of and uh cyborg superman i never heard of but like i was familiar with the other two and like i mean i've seen superman you know hang out with them so it was like superman's not dead like what's going on here so (laughs) it was just like it was just a weird thing that i couldn't fathom as a as a child to like to sit there and read like oh yeah the death of superman um but reading it again as an adult i was like oh wow this is actually pretty cool especially the uh climactic battle between him and doomsday where it started to become uh splash pages and the splash pages would get bigger and bigger until they became double splash pages and i thought that was that was very good um arc of storytelling
0: yeah reading this was not as painful Unlike Venom on Trial, which was a pain <laughs> to this was actually, um, you know, we could talk about the craft in a second, but it's like you can see there's some, there's more, there was more talent and more vision behind the Dev Superman than there was behind Venom on Trial. Yeah,
1: I feel like Venom even on though, Trial was like those throwaway things.
0: Even though in terms of the writing and the story, I would argue it has the same basic flaws, but um. Uh, so for one thing, until they're both rooted in the 90s aesthetic, I would argue Death Supermass was drawn much better. Which is not surprising considering the talent on it. You know, you had the, the Simon Sins and, and involved. You had uh, Dan, Dan Juergens drew some of it. Um,
1: yeah, so, uh, Dan Jurgens drew the uh, Justice League uh, comics.
0: Yeah. Um, so you, you read this as a collective edition, right? Yeah, okay. I would imagine it would have been a pain reading this single issue back in the day.
1: (laughs) I didn't even know single issues were an actual thing.
0: Mm. And uh, I've never actually read *Death of Superman*. Even though I've watched a bunch of, I know what it is. I watched, you know, various animated adaptations of it. Um, and it was reading the actual comic. I was a little surprised at uh, Mm. how good it was on a fun like it fundamentally work on the, on art level on a page design level compared to death and venom they're like the figures actually they're stylized and they look like people yeah and uh because it's the simonsons you know there's some lot jack kirby influence i was surprised i think it's,
1: I think it's only once i think only uh luis was on it and she's the only one who wrote it like i don't think walt
0: <laughs> okay. knew anything. but the thing about venom on trial it's clearly trying to be tom McFarland and not doing a good job right <laughs> Yes, this one yes. is like clearly trying to be like Jack Kirby. That's doing a decent job. <laughs> I mean, um, so so I kind of keep... So one thing... Which I would oh, love, I
1: don't even say Jack Kirby. I say more like John Byrne.
0: Yeah, that's actually much better. Yeah. Because this is kind of his era of Superman. Um, and here's the... So here's the thing. I remember you said you were very confused really as a child. Cause I was something I was way really caught off by. Just, <laughs> Doomsday terrorist through the entire justice league and all these characters just show up.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I would assume as a kid, you had no idea who any of these characters are. These aren't, these aren't, these aren't big names. Yeah. Are, this is not Wonder Woman and, and Batman. I'm in mean, Martian Manhunter. These are like Blue Beetle, Booster code. Yeah. Fire I was like, would you
1: see Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Fire Ice, Guy Gardner, I never heard of Guy Gardner. But, like, he had powers that, of a
0: Green Lantern. There are characters, even now, I don't know who they are. Like, who is this Blood, Bloodwind? Who the hell is that?
1: Bloodwind. Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, reading Bloodwind, I was like, you know what? DC needs to bring him back. So who is this
0: character? I don't know who this
1: is. I don't, I don't like, he's a guy, so his family, apparently, because I had to look up the background for this guy, because I was like, who is this man? Uh, so his family were, he's a descendant of uh, of a slave family, who worked under this guy who was, a, who was really cruel. And so the family got together and did a ritual in order to create this thing called a blood gem, which is on his chest, which is able to, he's able to harness the powers of the dead and the like the dead around him allows him to become stronger. So he's like dead Superman. I guess that's the best way to do it because he has like laser beams. He can fly. He has super strength, things like that. So it's like... Black Dead Superman.
0: It's a Necroman. It's like a, basically a slave who used Necromancy to be Superman. But it's a very nineties spelling because it's Bloodwind, <laughs> Y and Yeah, with a Y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm That's that's gonna be our pitch, like DC. When we, we get big we get comics and our other books, and it's like, alright, what do you want to do with DC? It's like Bloodwind.
1: Return. Bloodwind. The, the, oh, let's bring what Bloodwind back
0: Yeah This character I remember I was like At the same time I'm also not surprised This character has never showed up again
1: Yeah Like he's like after 97 Like I've never heard of him after Like ever again
0: I'm pretty sure no one else ever wants to use him um, So yeah it's, it's, This this whole However many page. It's just basically a giant superhero fight <laughs> I would argue it's even less story than there is in Venom on Trial. Because there is kind of a story, even though, like, you know, it's a pointless one. No one, There's no character arc, no one changes. But th- this is really just a giant superhero fight. It's yeah. pretty much kind of the, I mean, arguably all event comics in this genre are. But, like, if I'm reading Infinity really Gauntlet, just six issues of, like, let's just, we're going to fight Thanos for <laughs> three issues of story stretch the six issues, because most of it is just
1: fighting. Mm, see, like, I, I've never read Infinity Gauntlet. Like, I've yeah. like, seen it, but
0: I've never read it. Yeah. <laughs> You're you don't, you, don't, <laughs> you don't need to. You know, like, people talk about, like, you hear the fanboys talk about, like, the changes from the movies and the comics. It's like, you know, from a storytelling perspective, the Infinity War movies are actually... <laughs> Better than the comic because it's just fighting for two hundred pages. No oh, man. Anyways, but it's also like it's not even really fighting either, right? Because it's all it's they all can't beat Doomsday, right? They all do, they all try to stop Doomsday, nothing works, and Doomsday just plows through them. Mm. You know, it's uh, I don't know. It's like, uh, how do you feel rereading it in terms of you know your knowledge of writing and storytelling? <laughs> Which, how do you feel about? T- <laughs> this, 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 this comic,
1: you know, it's it's funny you ask that because I always felt like when it came to like fight scenes in American comics, they don't do it very well compared to like Bond dessins and Japanese manga. But like rereading this, I was like, okay, like you know, it proved it proved me wrong, right? Seeing Booster Gold go up against Doomsday and like seeing him get his put his um get pushed in, um <laughs> seeing seeing Doomsday like spank. Like literally spank Blue Beetle to the point where, oh my God, is Blue Beetle dead? Is Blue Beetle dead? Like I was like, okay, this
0: is actually good. And then um, <laughs> this this cover here, I'm gonna share this. Uh, he's, he's kind of a, this is kind of a silly choice for cover, I would argue. <sighs> um, see this? Damn it! There uh, we
1: go. Oh yeah, hey, Superman man. going headfirst into <laughs> Doomsday. Yeah, that's stupid.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that was uh it's um yeah in terms of the art like this is kind of good 90s right just a lot of exaggeration there's a lot of motion but yeah um, it's very expressionistic but like it does convey right the i think you see the jack kirby influences i know you said sean byrne but like yeah there's a lot of good line good motion lines and dynamicism right
1: oh yeah oh yeah
0: and, but the storytelling is very clear, unlike on Trial.
1: Yeah, I think uh, my least favorite, but favorite part of the comic is like the, the teenage kid, the clearly super 90s teenage kid who's like skateboarding home. Yeah, that kid right there. Yeah, for that, that was
0: a really really strange random subplot. I think it's just like, <laughs> this, was, this is so random, because it's like um, they're fighting, right? And then they focus in for like a couple pages this like one regular family like the kid is an asshole teenager to his mom and then like yeah. doomsday no ice literally gets thrown into their house
1: <laughs> yeah ice throws them into the house and then like doomsday like shoves his arm into their car and is like throws the car at the house and like this like this kid is just like being it being a dick to his mom and it's like why man and then, like, I was like, nobody in their right mind would ever cheer this hard for Guy Gardner. Like, I don't even think Guy Gardner cheers this hard for Guy Gardner. Like, this this is, this is
0: unbelievable. Especially because he wasn't Green Lantern. Guy Gardner at this point, he was a warrior, Guy Gardner.
1: Right, because was he, he was using, like, a Sinestro ring or something?
0: I don't know. I don't really care about that continuity. But it's also, there was there's the, the, the attempt to make a story if that, like, Superman is, like, kind of starts with him, like, rescuing someone, and he got kidnapped by these, like, underground mutants. <laughs> and then they, they never heard of him again until, like, halfway through the book, Doom's 8, runs into them. Like, literally. <laughs> like, he just tears through them as an easier as, as matter fighting, which I thought was right. so funny. It's just, yeah, like, I was like,
1: didn't... I had no idea what, who who were these underground people. Like, i never heard of them before.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, lo- I did like this very 90s obscure thing, like, Jimmy, all said this turtle <laughs> turtle dog. Oh, turtle boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like they're trying to be like the Morlocks in the X Men, right? Mm. But like they're only in the story for like a few pages. There is, well, it's just, it's just, no, this is a great page. Like, this that was a great figure. page. Yeah, yeah, that's like a great this, page. It's orange, uh, kaboom with Dude's say Superman and Maxima. It's all, their figures are all black, but there's the uh, chest insignia. Um,
1: See you're mean, like Maxima. Who
0: is Maxima? I kinda she... know who she is. She's like one of the new gods. I no, that's not correct. She's like a new She's god, like a, I think.
1: Is she a damn? I thought she was a Damomite.
0: Maximite? She's I don't know. It's not far. She's an alien. Um So this is So this is this here's a detriment, right? Because like Venom on trial, this, this is one thing that I dislike about that superman. It makes Venom on trial look, like, very restrained, right? Because there's there's only four characters, right? Right. Venom, Carnage, Spider-Man, Daredevil. This is, like, everyone. They just threw everyone into the pot. Because, yeah, the Justice League. Yeah, Guardian, right? Yeah, Yeah, Guardian Guardian shows up. Guardian's, like, Cheeto, Morph, Helper, which I only know because of Young Justice. Yeah, same here. As Supergirl is here, but it's It's not not
1: really Supergirl.
0: Yeah, because like Doomsday punches her, and she you see like a gooey alien. Yeah, she out.
1: turns into like clay, and then Lex Luthor is not really Lex Luthor; he's British Lex Luthor with long, luscious hair.
0: Yeah, it's very much caught in like the current continuity. It's it's a lot of very strange things. Um, I don't know. It's 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 uh it's very '90s in that respect, in terms of like the continuity, and you need to know kind of needs to know who all these characters are also like why why is like if you didn't know like who's this turtle guy that's Jimmy Olsen, right <laughs> but you know i reading through it it's like it's ac- actually kind of visually cool it holds up pretty well surprisingly
1: it does it really does and like i think especially that city- along cities- with the ex- the cityscapes and the explosions like just it kept it kept upping the ante more and more um as they were making their fight to to metropolis which i thought was pretty cool Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, for the shortcomings of the story in terms of its visuals, it's actually is pretty good, right? This is a very yeah, this the shot where they're trying to shoot the it's freaking terrible Turpin and Maggie Sawyer and the Metropolis Police, which look like uh, GI Joe toys.
1: That's just, see, I had
0: no idea who these people were. Well, you see, it's Maggie, so I I, I deduced that was Maggie Sawyer. and This is Turpin. Which we don't know, because we know Terrence from the the animated series, but they drew him look like Jack Kirby. Oh. Right, but he looks like, this is straight up Dumb Dumb (laughs) Dugan. That's
1: that's who I thought it was in the beginning. I was like, why, so aren't you a part of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like, go back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, are you across the street at Marvel? (laughs) You got a a bowler hat, you got a cigar. But they're shooting Tuesday. This is a very Kirby-esque uh, right you draw. got the
1: kirby crackles coming from the beams
0: yeah but the, and the beams are drawn in like a way that draws your eye this is actually really good yeah
1: was, you know was, he also kind of reminds me of the the, the superhero not superhero but the the villain quote-unquote from starman um james 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 harrison's run uh, bobo i don't know if you remember him
0: vaguely very very vaguely
1: yeah he was like this old school villain who had like just got out of prison and he was realizing that the world around him has changed. He knew, like, yo, there's nothing out here for me. I'm just going to go rob this bank. And, and he ends up running into the Royal Flush Gang at the bank he was about to rob and ends up <laughs> beating the crap out of them and then becoming security for the bank. That's funny.
0: That's a great. Yeah. Cover. yeah. So here's a classic shot of like Superman doing a Superman pose. He's going to rush in for one final stand. <laughs> <into> doomsday. <laughs>
1: I like the the reckless charge that Superman has been doing because like I feel like all he does is like throw himself at Doomsday and then Doomsday will like pick him up and like wail on him. And then here, this scene, I thought like he pulled out his spine on some like Mortal Kombat type thing. That's what it felt seemed like.
0: Yeah. Although Doomsday is basically a character straight out of the Mortal Kombat aesthetic. Like you look at the character compared to like Superman, because this is like classic Superman. Yeah, oh yeah. He's he's you know he's got he's got the trunks he's got the yellow bright colors and dude, he's got his bone just in all these all these places, mm-hmm. right?
1: You know, I think of the funny part about this fight too. Like as the fight continues on, like Superman's hair starts to become shaggier and shaggier, and then I think the last scene he ends up with a mullet.
0: Yeah, yeah, and this is kind of the infamous shot of them punching each other
1: right in, in front of the it.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, the cape, you know, very clearly, you know, made to look like a, a panel It's for drama. And, you know, everyone reacts to this, the, the famous shot of, like, Ziranda, Lois Lane, with her giant there. Yeah. hair. Uh, yeah, that's, uh... Huh, I, was, I was surprised how well it held up, you know.
1: Yeah, it was a very, very fun read. I enjoyed it. Uh get really like and I mean, again, it's one of those comics that set the precedence of like the nineties boom, right? Where like every every comic had to be like limited first edition with some sort of shitty gimmick attached to it. Like, I think one uh, comic, what was it? I think Justice Society had, like, the the gem of, like, Eclipso and, like, the holographic cover of, like, Namor and, like, Namor Super 90. So he has, like, long hair and he's wearing all black. Or, um, yeah, just just a lot of crap. Just a lot of crap yeah. coming out of that.
0: But definitely better than Venom one Trial.
1: Yeah. So, oh yeah, way better. Like, Venom and Trial* would be like <laughs> touching the floors. Death of Superman is like floating over our heads.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's the better. I mean, they're both pretty flawed stories and rooted very much in the '90s, but this is the better, a better version, I would argue. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's uh, these these usually it's cool. I, you know, in terms of stories, like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's whatever. <laughs> Which I think is a good time capsule for some sort of the '90s aesthetic. So yeah, that was our our way to kick off New Year for the omnibus revisiting mm-hmm. our our comics of the childhood because you know you have to know where you came from for you know where you're what's ahead of you.
1: Okay, and then next episode we're gonna get uh, Eric a um, a DNA test to see. Uh, to see where his roots come from.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's going to be from China. It's uh, all going to be from China, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, but see, not just China, though. Like, you got to remember, right? I'm going to put my Hotep hat on. Like, we all start from Africa. So, like, where in Africa, <laughs> so, right, so, you so come that's from? The
0: so, the whole theory, I get that that the crazy Hotep, uh, Yaku thing is, like, white people or aberration of it's just this self-hating, angry guy. Does he? Does he ever? did he ever account for what about Latino people, Asian people, Native American people? You know, people who are not white and black.
1: Uh, so for well, I don't, I don't know about the what was it Latinos and and Native Americans, but I remember like because it's supposed to be like the Asiatic Black Man because like okay. Africa and Asia used to be one and as like and they're still connected um so it's like you know the asiatic black man so like the black man uh uplifted his roots from africa and crossed through the middle east to make his way into asia
0: so are you descended from me or am i descended from you uh
1: that that is a good question i'm pretty sure uh you're descended from me i mean because like you know because the idea is like some have gone over but then others came back to bring back like the knowledge that they gained from from crossing over and things like that. So yeah, I I don't delve too deep. you gotta go ahead and find like a five percenter or something to ask these questions.
0: And bring it full circle because you know what they talk about in those two seasons of Wu Tag you didn't bother to watch?
1: 5%. About the five percenters. Oh, yeah. The worst right. type of people.
0: All right. On that note, I'm Eric
1: Wong. And i am Phil Fleming. And uh we are Smallville. Somebody save us